Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. And once again, I'm Martin. And with me, he's the king of the casters. He is Mr. Brett Podcast. And Brett, oh, I know we've been looking forward to this one. That's for sure. Um, we have a fellow here who plays in a band that we've been listening to for many, many years, into the decades now. And it's wonderful to be able to have him on the show. The Triple Axe Attack leather wolf and we have the drummer dean roberts dean how are you good hello everybody out there it's it's great to have you on the show like i say i mean we have been listening to leather wolf for many years so uh so we're very excited about this cool man yeah you know you're here of course to talk about all the cool things that you've got coming out of course right now thunder 2022 of course which looks (laughs) Which looks way cooler in uh, Roman numerals, but uh, but Thunder, the updated version is just out, and uh, and it sounds great. Well, thanks. I just found out today we got top ten for Vivo, uh, and and people voted it into the top ten views on Vivo. So that's pretty cool, man. It comes out like Tuesday, and all of a sudden, bam, you know. We're well, at. I mean, I mean, it's it's such an awesome song. It's one of those songs that I think for myself, I can't get bored hearing. Yeah, yeah, that was a song. That was pretty cool when we made it back in the day. We, I think it was street ready. Yeah, so it was it was cool. I, I kind of liked that one better than Hideaway. I was hoping that that would be the single, but it didn't get it, you know. But that was a cool one. That one happened pretty fast, uh, you know, with Jeff and Mike. And I, I think um, there was a, a guy named Danny Lane. I think he was – him and Mike were writing something together, and uh, he might have been part of that, you know, that whole vibe for that song. But it it was super quick, man, how that thing went down, you know. Yeah, and, and I mean, often that's that's what we hear some of the best songs wind up being is just these super quick songs that just kind of come together, but uh, but it all works. Yeah. So you, of course, also have the, the new album coming out on vinyl really soon. And- yeah, we got um we got Kill the Hunted. We're releasing it on vinyl, and so far it's going pretty good. Good pre-sales, pretty good artwork. It looks pretty good, and, I'm, you know. We're gonna have another video from from that uh, that record, um, only the wicked coming out like uh, next month. You know, so we did only the wicked and kill the hunt uh, and and thunder in the same shoot. You know, mm, gotcha. So like you know, every everybody's the same on that one, including director and everything. Yes, same guys. Really good guys. Really nice guys, man. Guy did a great job producing it. You know, I mean, uh, um directing it and you know making it happen does that kind of help reduce the cost then when you can shoot them uh like kind of back to back well you just get less time you know and it's it's tricky when you're doing a video because you want to you want to focus on one thing when you got two you only have half the time and you know you when you're working long hours it just gets a little it gets a little tedious you know but it is what it is you know we're not rich we're just trying to just trying to get some product out there so people can um, listen and see us. And a lot of people uh, really wanted something to, to do with Only the Wicked. They thought that was a killer song, so we just decided to do it. What does I mean, it mean to, you to, know that you, to, to know that you have fans that will be there no matter what? They've been there for decades. You know, like we mentioned, we've been listening to you for a long time. And those, they're always going to be there. They're, what do those people mean to you? Um, it's just nice to have people that respect the music and, and like it and, and still are sticking with us without, you know, the other guys. It's just nice, you know, it's tricky, you know, swapping out guys and getting different players and then trying to record a record to sound, um, similar to how we used to be, you know, it's tricky business, you know? So I was really surprised with the players that we have, you know, like Rob Math is just a smoking ass guitar player. Luke is really, really good. Keith is a phenomenal singer. You know, Barry Sparks, I mean, you know, he's like a legendary bass player. So I was just really glad that it still had that that musical vibe to it that sounded like Leatherwolf and that had had a higher level of uh, musical talent, you know, performing it, you know. And, you know, some of the fans, I'm just really grateful that they stuck around. And they're not, they're not beating me up and throwing me under the bus, thinking I did all the stuff <laughs> that I didn't do, you know. And, uh, you know, it's cool. You know, Leatherwolf has so many great songs. Jeff, Jeff wrote so many classic killer tunes from the past. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, 
on all three of those records or even the world assigned them. It's just, it's just, it's killer music. You know, we were just putting the set list together and we just don't have enough time to play all the cool shit, you know? Which is a good thing, a good problem to have, right? <laughs> I mean, well, it's just nice that um, you got someone that knows how to write and writes really, really well. And, and, and over our history, you know, did it, you know? And so we can just go and play those classic tunes, you know, fairly well, you know? So when it comes down to Kill the Hunted, um, who did the songwriting for that one? Jeff was a major writer and just the, the riffs and, and the, the arrangements. Me and Robbie did all the guitar stuff, all all the triples, all the duels, some of the arrangements. Um, I wrote some vocals on like Only the Wicked and um, Kill the Hunted. Kill the Hunted, I played guitar on that. Uh, that's something I wrote back in 2006. And, um, and, you know, so me, Robbie just came up with a bunch of great ideas, you know, so that's that's how it ended up having the, the triple axe attack feel to it, you know, with all that guitar stuff. And, you know, Barry is just a phenomenal player, so he just made me look way better than I am. And um, Keith is, uh, he's just got the right attitude for writing, you know, I like what he writes about. And he's really good, and he's really easy to work with, and he's a fun guy to hang out with. Yeah, because I suppose he seems to me oh, yeah. seems to me it's saying almost anything. Like uh, you know, I, 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 he's got such power behind his voice. Seems to me like he could sing almost anything. But it, are you conscious of that? Are you when you're writing? Are you conscious? Okay, you know, this is going to put my my guitarist or my singer or whoever it is that you're, you know, highlighting at the moment. Are they in a good place? It's never been that way. Everything's always come from guitars with us, you know. It's always come from that world, um, and then we'll just figure out as we, uh, as as the singer starts writing his his verses, his bridges, his choruses, and we'll start maybe, you know, adding or taking away parts, you know. But Leatherwolf has always been, you know, about the guitar playing. It's always been revolved around that, you know. Every ever since the beginning, man, it's, you know, we had the hardest time finding a singer at the beginning. And um, but we used to play all the time, practice a lot, you know. So it's it's uh, you know, plus Jeff Jeff writes vocals too, and, and and he he can sing, and so I think that's just part of his equation about how he does stuff, you know. And you know, me, when me and Robbie were doing this, we just took over uh, the vocal part and the guitar part and the bass parts, and we just just you know sliced and diced and got them to what we thought was cool, you know. But no, we never think about the vocalist. He's the last in line. Man. <laughs> you know? And it was it was pure luck. I got Keith, you know, and uh, it, it, it wasn't that much effort. And and he just came and sang only the wicked. And we just said, he's the man, you know. And he he writes really quick. And, you know, all that's all those arrangements were pretty much done. And and some of it were, were being done as we were uh, doing the rest of the songs after we did our five song demo. And, you know, so there were certain things that he wrote that um, we, we might have changed a couple, like, lengths of the verse or added a bridge or whatever, because he, he had a cool part, you know? Yeah, it's, in it's interesting. Was what, uh, sorry, Keith was, Keith was, what, the second person that you, that you were uh, tried out or something like that? He was, it was pretty early on in the process, he decided. Well, he so when this, when this whole thing started... Um, uh, I got asked in Europe to, uh, from Nuclear Blast to make a Leatherwolf record. And um, at that particular time, me and Mike were the only guys in it. And um, I started thinking about it, and and Mike wanted to do something different than I did. So I just decided, um, let's just at least talk to Paul and to, to Carrie. And then Carrie talked to Jeff, and so we were going to do it. But then when it came time to do it, we just ran into some problems, you know. So... Uh, Mikey um, basically bowed out and um, I wasn't really into uh, just dealing with that drama about stuff. You know, I just wanted to finish a record, finish the songs, write some good music. I didn't want to deal with the politics of stuff. And so that's when I just decided that, you know, I'm just going to see what else is out there, you know? And um, that's when I ran into Keith from, from one of my friends. And to me, when I heard him, I go, okay, this guy, this guy can sing. You know, and he can, he's got balls, and he's got grit, and he's more of a heavy metal singer, you know? And I thought that was cool for Leatherwolf, in my opinion, you know? And so that's why, um, why the record's kind of heavier, 
just like World of Asylum. It was heavier because it was a me and a Jeff thing, you know, and I think me and Jeff are just a little bit more on the on the the realm of you know real heavy metal. And I, I even think Jeff's more heavier than me, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so uh, to me, it just ended up how I kind of always imagined Leatherwolf to be, you know, more of a heavy metal progressive band. Yeah, so a little less of the hideaways and then a little and a little more of the thunders, right? Yeah, well, thunders, thunders. I mean, the, what makes thunder so cool is it's just a, it's a cool riff and it's the story. You know, the story is is it's positive. It's about believing in yourself, taking care of yourself, doing the right thing. So I think that that has a lot of impact. Where where hideaways a little bit more um, kind of about running away and hiding and you know more woundedness stuff. You know. And uh, you know that 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 song was it was it was uh it came around when we were in the Bahamas and I was tearing my drums down to go home you know, and Paul and Carrie and Jeff and Mikey had come up with this riff and then Kevin Beamish wanted to do it so I had to set back up and then I had to figure the song out and then just play the parts you know and we had no idea it was going to become the single you know that was like a last minute song. But you got to give Paul credit, you know, it's a cool riff that he came up with, you know, Paul did a good job, you know, and I'm not sure exactly what went down between him and Carrie and Mike, but they were upstairs in this room and, and they just did it, you know. That's so, going to be quite a gift when you walk in and it's like you hear that riff and you go, oh, yeah, we got something. Yeah, I think uh, it was a cool riff, you know. Just at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, it just wasn't like one of my favorite songs, you know. Mm. You know, I like you know spirits and freaking wicked ways and all that other heavier stuff. Was, was was my cup of tea, you know. So then, when it comes down to drumming, especially for the for the heavier stuff, like do you, do you just find that it's a little more visceral and it allows you to kind of let loose a bit more? Um. Well, I've always just done what I wanted. You know, I just, I'll, I'll get the stuff from whoever's writing it and then I'll just, I'll just sit with it and then I'll try to figure out what I think is cool. And, and um, for this record, I, I, um, I had shoulder surgery because I swam and I played water polo. So I, I you know, I, I, I couldn't play, you know, so I guess I got rotator cuff surgery. So, so this time around, I, um, I started learning how to program drum stuff. So I would get, I would get, um, parts of a song, a guitar riff, and a, and I would and a click track, and then I would just go slice and dice it together, and I would program my drums. And then um, you could see what you liked and what you didn't like, and then you got to make sure that what you program, you can play. You know, like when you listen to Hit the Dirt, that's like not my style at all playing, you know? So that took me a little bit to get the hang of playing that stuff. And there's certain guys out there that just, uh, that just got the fastest feet on the planet, which I don't. You know, I'm a John Bonham guy, you know? <laughs> Les Binks, freaking Simon Phillips, you know, uh, I'm kind of like those guys a little bit, you know, and and that song was hard for me to get, you know, get that little freaking, you know, and uh, it was just interesting, you know, trying to do something like that, you know. So this one was a little different for me, you know, um, when I would go to the Bahamas and stuff and, and make records, it would take me like four or five days to record 10 songs. This one took me six because it was a little bit more just a little bit more um harder for me to play this stuff personally you know but it was just interesting you know and plus i didn't have to deal with people you know when you start you're not dealing with other guitar players and and you can arrange stuff and you can figure out you know bridges and choruses and stuff it just kind of changes your how you look at a song when you're when you're building it you know and it was really fun you know sitting with rob math we sat there for like two years you know once, once we knew that we had to finish it and just coming up with guitar stuff, coming up with harmonies, coming up with triples and writing leads. And Robbie is like, he's just a phenomenal player, you know, it's cleaner as hell and clean as clean as hell. And uh, it was just interesting because I'd never done that before, you know. So then is that the kind of thing now where you where you look at moving forward with Leatherwolf and it's just like, oh yeah, this I love this system. We're gonna we're gonna keep going with that. Um yeah, we're writing stuff and we're just gonna see how it works out, you know. See see what we can do. To see see if we can um 
this is going to be a hard record to top if if you're going to be this aggressive and progressive because it's uh there's just 11 songs and they're all there's no sleepers on it you know there's you know what's an easy one um kill the hunter was easy but i wrote that you know and that wasn't that freaking hard so that's a simple one to play you know and uh but when it comes to like uh hit the dirt or uh some of those other songs, Medusa, they're, they're a little more tricky to come up with those riffs and figure out a drum beat that fits with the with the melody of the guitar, you know? But we'll just see what happens, dude. You just you just start and you, you just do the best you can, you know? So you've got obviously the show coming up at the Whiskey a Go Go on the on the twenty third, which should be which should be very awesome. Is that kind of the start of of more shows for you? Well, we were, yeah, we, we haven't been able to play because I broke my wrist. Um, and, and now it's back to normal. So I started playing, um, again, like two months ago. So, so now we can actually start, um, getting real shows and, um, just see, see what happens. It, it's, you know, the market's hard these days for anybody, you know, unless you're an Iron Maiden or a Judas or, you know, someone way up the food chain, you know, for bands like us, it's tricky, you know, to get shows. And we haven't played in a while, so we're not quite sure, you know, what we're actually worth, you know? I mean, we got a lot of fans from the classic stuff, but you just never know if you go to that town, how many people are going to show up to the show, you know? Maybe maybe the three fans that we like will only be there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we're just going to, um, we got a booking agent. Um, it's 1013 Entertainment, and um, he's going to start trying to get his shows, and we're just going to see what happens, you know? Because we want to play. You know, we think it's a good record, and we don't think there's many people out there playing this kind of music right now. And I think if we just go and show up in a club and we nail these songs, it's, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be worth, you know, price of admission to see it. Oh, absolutely. I can well imagine. I mean, the, you know, the music itself is so exciting that that I would think that it it should lead to an exciting stage show. Yeah, we're just in the midst of just getting it together to play and learning learning the um older songs and uh you know like season of the witch and freaking spider and behind the gun off world asylum just the cool stuff you know stuff that's cool we're trying to not play the easy stuff play the stuff that's cool <laughs> so now you talk about you know injuring your rotator cuff and breaking your wrist and stuff like that how how difficult is it to come back from those kind of injuries it's not hard you just gotta wait till your body heals you know, I still don't got full movement with my right hand, but my right hand is still better than my left hand. And it just takes time, especially since I'm 61, man. So it's it's not like it used to be, you know, like a, a flesh wound. I could play injured, you know. <laughs> you know, it just takes just takes a little time, man. Yeah, we had to hire someone to go play the show uh, in September last year, that rock timber, whatever. And um, then we just decided, man, you know, we're going to go with the original guys uh, that are this lineup we're not going to do that again you know do you have to as a drummer take extra special care of your body keep yourself in physical condition or does just kind of playing the drums do that for you well i'm i'm more of a uh, like i I play swim i swim i try to swim three times a week and i i i, I lift weights i i um, ride my bike like 40 miles on the weekend I've always been kind of an athletic guy, you know, so I've always had endurance. So it really hasn't messed with me, you know? So yeah, I played last year, I played for like 40 minutes. It didn't bug me at all. You know, well, we'll see, you know, I'm sure it's coming, but it hasn't got here yet, I, but I've always been a physical athletic person. So I think that that's just helped me play, you know? How much do you wind up practicing on a regular basis? Um, Usually, like once we got shows and stuff, I'll start. I'll start like two months before, you know. And it's been a year, so I had to sit in my garage for a couple months working on my rudiments, get my get my technique back. And now I got my drums set up, so I'm going every night, just running through the sets, so I can just get everything back in order of what I do and where I go and you know reach and stuff, you know. So it's probably gonna. I'll be I'll be dialed in like in probably two more weeks playing these songs. And uh, at least drum-wise, you know, we'll see how long it takes us as a band to get them dialed, you know. So then, what does that look like? Sorry, it's going to be a lot of pressure when you're preparing for a show, a big show, and you're you're trying to get the band there, and you don't know if you're going to get there in time. 
You know, like I imagine that that, how do you kind of deal with that? You just don't. You just do the best you can and you accept this is the, this is at the end of the day, worrying about it ain't going to do nothing for you. You just That's do true. the rehearsals and you just correct the mistakes and you just get it to the point to where it's good. You know, it's, it's, it's different, you know, when you're practicing, you know, five nights a week for like a month straight and then you're going on the road for like two months. So you're playing five nights a week. So you're, the tour itself is going to get you tight, you know, and you just get as close as you can because rehearsals are just different than live shows, you know. You get a time to work on the parts, your show, what you're going to do, and playing, playing, playing the parts tight with two other guitar players. You know, which is it just it's it's a little bit of work. It takes a little bit of time for that to happen. You know. So then, how often? I don't do worry you... about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What can you do? You know, <laughs> it's like when I swim. You know, I, I try to make ten hundreds on the one thirty, and sometimes I'm I'm smoking, and sometimes I'm just not. But as long as I make the times, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, as long as you don't sound like a disaster, then I, I would say it's. I don't, I don't think we'll sound like a disaster. It's just a, uh, you know, just it's it's, it's it's we're starting. You know, we we practiced for that M three last year, and I thought we did okay. And this time we're playing new songs, so it's just a little bit more practice. I think we'll be fine. Is everybody? I believe in you guys. <laughs> what? I I believe in you guys. I wish I could be at the show because uh, I think it's going to be a killer show. I. I I trust you guys are going to show up and be just uh, Dude, on point. Me and Robbie are just that way. We don't want to embarrass the name. We want to be a, we want to be above above par, not just okay. You know, we don't want to. Let's just play calling. Let's just play street ready. Let's just play uh, alone in the night, just because they're easy. You know, it's no. Let's play spirits. Let's play gypsies. Let's play fucking disconnect. Let's play behind the gun. You know, the songs that you actually have to play. You, know, you got four guitar lines for the whole song. The singer has to be able to sing in E and higher range, you know? And uh, that's what's cool about this band is we don't have to tune down a half step. You know, the singer can actually hit the notes in normal tuning. And um, me and Robbie are, uh, we're just perfectionists about playing, you know, tempo and the parts, you know, just get them. There's only right and wrong, dude. You can't play them wrong, then turn your freaking guitar off and just fake it, you know? But we're not going to let the people hear shit. <laughs> and there are some bands out there they they hit the stage and it's pretty obvious that they're okay with knowing that they can't perform like they once do but they try and create a different experience i guess they, can, they can't perform necessarily the music the way they once did so they try and it's just like they, they kind of coast behind the, the nostalgia to a degree and uh you know i mean i really i really appreciate and respect you know the attitude that you have that you're not going to take it easy and you're going to go out there and kick ass well that's the thing is if you're going to play in level and you're going to play level song it's, it's not molly crew it's it's not you know poison it's not enough's enough it's not just you know bar chords chugging you know there's no way you know there's just no way you could do it you know you got to hit the notes and you got to play them with other guys there's just no way around it or you're going to suck <laughs> you know what i'm saying so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, those guys, their songs are easy to play. They're good, great songs, but they're, you know, it's not that hard to play in live, you know? Our stuff's a little more tricky. Yeah, because then I think that's the thing about the whole triple axe attack is that it would be very unforgiving if it were, if they were off. Well, even when we started, you know, when Mikey um, got in and, um, we would play parties and stuff. It, it took a little bit of time for those guys to get tight together, you know, because you go from two to three. Now it's a whole nother, you know, 30% of sound, you know, and you got to get it right. And you got to play with two other guys, you know? So it, it just takes a little time to get it towards dial, you know, and, 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 you know, Carrie and Jeff and Mike, you know, you got to give them credit, you know, in the eighties, they were, they were good. You know, they could do it. And it wasn't a bunch of noise, you know, I wasn't really around, I, I I bet Jeff was just making sure it was good, <laughs> you know, because Jeff is Jeff is like a higher level player, you know, and and it's like you know you got to play it or don't play it at all, man, you know. So I'm sure he had something to do with it getting as good as it got, you know. And you were out of Leatherwolf for what 15 years at one point. Um, I think uh I got fired like in '88 or '89, and then. 1999 we started playing again a little bit you know and then um jeff and i wanted to make a record and um mike and carrie didn't so that's when that's how the whole world asylum came around 
And you know, I noticed is um, it's more heavy metal. It's more it, without those guys uh, around. It's, it's it has a little bit less fluff in it. You know, it's more musical, more guitar aggressive. You know, so I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I mean, me or me and Jeff were sitting there going, yeah, it sounds like a heavy metal record. You know, finally. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. You know? Well, yeah, and it's interesting, of course, with World Asylum to have two versions of it out there. I mean, you know, one, you know, with the different singers and stuff like that. So, so I think that, you know, it, was that a ballsy choice at the time? Well, at the end of the day, um, Wade quit, and um, you know, we wanted to get shows to play, you know, and. Um, so my theory was just get Mike to sing it and just go out and try to get the original guys to go play it, you know, which it just was hard to get those guys to play it and sing it and stuff, you know? So at the end of the day, I just kind of regret doing that. You know, I just should have kept up with way, never done the new world of Silent thing and just, you know, shine filed it, you know, and just stuck with uh, Mike and Carrie and just played the old stuff, you know? It's just not, it's not fair to Wade with the time he put in do that record to have somebody else come in and just copy what he did and um you know not put much effort into it and just sing you know i mean you know it was just a, it was we were trying to get leather wolf going and play some shows you know we and i was just kind of like let's play new stuff not old stuff you know yeah it must be difficult to uh like and again it's like Martin mentioned you know those bands that kind of coast through just on the old stuff and don't release new stuff i mean i i think it would be difficult to to constantly want to progress but not be able to it i mean at the end of the day you know um it's never one guy it's everybody and if everyone's at a certain place where they don't care or they're just not into it then that's just the way it's going to be you know, so that's why we just um, didn't write anything and um, just played the old songs every once in a while, go out a couple times years and play, you know. How how did that make you feel like just playing a couple of times a year? Was that was that just like a little bit soul crushing? It wasn't at all. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't be responsible for other people. You know, a band is a, a group of guys. You know, and at the end of the day, the original guys are the original guys. There's just, there's nothing about it, you know? So it, it is what it is. You know, I didn't lose any sleep over it. I just accepted it and just had fun, as much fun as I could with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, now, of course, with the, with this new group, do you feel more of a, more of a sense of camaraderie again? Well, we still haven't got out on the road yet. We played a few shows. It's, it's just, there's a lot less drama. There's a lot less a lot less talking about the past or, you know, bickering about stuff that to me doesn't matter, you know, and you can concentrate on writing the music and, and playing the music and showing up to the show and delivering, you know, you're not wasting your time on stuff, you know, or somebody that would rather be playing blues than metal, you know, you don't have to hear, hear about it. You know, it's just, it's it, just it like, seems like a really good mix of young and old guys. Right well, now, that's part know? of the thing is, um, is you watch the video and you look at it. You know, we don't look like a bunch of old old dudes. You know, it's only me. I'm the only one that's like in this in my sixties. You know, the other guys are like forty nine, and the, and the other three kids or or three men are in their twenties. And plus, they can play. And plus, they're going to get better. You know, they haven't they haven't peaked out yet. You know, so you know, I, I got I can play for like the next five ten years, maybe. You know. And these guys are only going to get better, you know, if we get if we get you know, lucky enough to get the shows, you know. Do you pass along advice to them that you picked up or you uh, kind of let them experience it themselves? They're going to figure it out themselves, man. You know, once once you actually go on the road for like a couple months and you play every night and you're in you're in the game, that's when you start learning. Does it doesn't matter what some dude from the 80s says, <laughs> you know, I'm not into into that stuff at all you know it's just every everyone learns at their own pace you know it's their responsibility you know what i'm saying and and they'll figure it out they're smart enough to figure it out and and eventually they'll 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 uh just be be the best they can be you know 
So what is the hardest thing about being in a band? Well, this band or the old band? Either, really both. Um, just immaturity. It's, it's about being immature. It's about having no uh, resolution skills. It's about not meeting in the middle. You know, it's, it's about stuff like that, you know, and, you know, when it's like a water polo game, you know, one guy's not going to win the game. It's everybody. And it's everyone that once you get to a place where you can play together, then no one can beat you. You know, um, back in the eighties, we had that, you know, we were on the same team. We were doing the same thing for the same reason, you know, and then we got signed and, you know, things just got a little different, you know? And, and that's the whole trick is it's just music, man. It's, it's writing a song and performing it. That's all it is. There's, you know, everyone's, everyone's, no one's making more money. No one's making less, you know, everyone gets, gets to say their thing, you know, and, you know, just enjoy the friendship, you know, don't turn it into a political drama. You know, but that's what life is, dude. You know, you're, you're, when you're in your 20s, you think a certain way. Then you get your 30s and your 40s and your 50s. And, whoa, that wasn't really the smartest decision I ever made, you know? You know, so my my thing is is just looking at the team and just trying to function the fairest I can in it, you know? Well, and I'm sure now that here at this point, you can, you can absolutely look back and just be like, whatever, it's good, you know, because you, you made it here. Well, where have I made it? Well, I mean, you've made it to the point. I mean, so many people, I think, still would want to be where you are, you know, drumming for uh, a heavy metal band at 61 and still able to do it. Uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a pretty good place to be. Well, the thing I'm proud about is 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 writing records. And, and, and I'm proud when we actually go out and can play well. That's the fun part for me, you know. And on this record, uh, the last one, um, I think I, we did a good job. You know, it was it was good. And um, we'll see how the whiskey goes and how the shows after that go, you know. Twice we played last year, and um, it was still playing the old stuff because the record wasn't released. You know, we did M3 in that Rock Timber thing. So now this year, now that we're back, uh, we get to play some new stuff. And the henchmen, you know, freaking hit the dirt, uh, lights out, uh, Medusa. And... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting seeing how we pull it off live, you know? Can we can we do it, you know? And is it gonna be killer? That's what's interesting to me. It's not that it's just get to that point, which is fun for me, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting in how in listening to how you view this, because I think it is different than some other people, you know, just just that whole like hmm, it's almost like an experiment in a way. What do you mean? Oh, j just the way you just the way you view like going into the show and like and seeing how they're gonna how it's gonna go and seeing how people will react and all that stuff. You're you're experimenting with these things. I'm just doing what I think is right, you know. But it's kind of tricky, you know, when you're using an old name with old songs, especially classic stuff. You know, you know, you release the thunder, and some people think it's killer, and some think people think it sucks. What do you think? I mean, I really it's like great. it. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think uh, in, in compared to uh, the, the one from the 80s? I mean, I think it's um, they they sound of course quite similar because because they are the same song, but but I think that it's definitely updated and there's no question that Keith's voice can hit all those notes. Yeah, I, yeah, I it's, like it's Keith's voice more. So for me, I prefer this I I prefer Keith's voice. So, uh I I like the current version a little more. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's like I say, you know, Mikey's got his own voice, he's got his own thing, but um, Keith has some balls, you know, and he's not a whiner about stuff, you know, he doesn't want to sing blues, he's just saying, uh, let's come and, you know, kill something, you know, let's just beat it to death, and, and uh, he, he actually likes to sing way more gnarlier than that, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the death metal realm, you know, but uh, it, it cracked me up with, you know, uh, when he was singing Thunder, because I, I did Spirits in the Wind, I did I did the calling. I did uh, tools of discipline. I did gypsies and thieves. I did black knight. I did uh, rise or fall, and um, he, he he can sing like Mike. You, you just you, you close your eyes, and it it sounds like Mike. He just got better singing, you know, <laughs> you know, or yeah, he could sing like he used to sing, you know. And I'm just like, wow, what a trip, man. 
you know, and I just, it's, he, Keith is a really, really good metal singer. You know, I, I've always thought Leatherwolf should be a heavy metal band, you know, in my opinion. But there's five, there's six guys, five guys. So it's, it's not all on me, you know. But this time with those guys not here, I get, I get a little more freedom and where, where, where I move, you know, what I think and what we do, you know. Mm-hmm. I also think I also think you benefit a little bit from the, you know, the modern technology in the in the recording process, right now. I mean, it's easier to record, and then it used to be, you know, in the eighties to to hit the sound. I think that you want to hit. Well, I recorded this, um, and um, it, it's the same thing, dude. It's a mic. It's a preamp. It's 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 a board. It's the same freaking thing, dude. It's digital. You get a little more freedom on on editing parts and, and cleaning up messes, but it's still the same thing, you know. You just go into a room, you record your parts, and and then you mix them, you know. I was I I was always a fan of the two inch tape, dude. I always thought it had better sound, you know. It's got its own thing to it, you know. And if you listen to the market these days, you know, a lot of the records are sounding the same. You, you know what I'm saying? And um, Absolutely. I think that's the downfall of technology is. You could program stuff now. You could get all these samples, you know. You might save money, but you're losing the flavor of the performance. You know, you can't tell, well, the drums sound the same on the on the corn record as they do on on this on on you know freaking this record. You know, the drummer sounds the same, you know. But when you listen to like the Led Zeppelin or the Deep Purple, you know, you could tell, you know, hey, I know who's playing, you know, and it's all legit. So it's just another little tool you have to you have to migrate through, you know. Yeah, I, I think, and that is the beautiful thing, of course, about getting it out on vinyl too, because I, I believe that vinyl sounds better than than the other stuff. So it's nice to kind of you know hear hear the music in those different formats. Yeah, it's it's tricky, dude, because it's hard to get vinyl these days. We had to go to Portugal to get it, and um, and then you're you know you're you don't know what kind of gear they got, you know, because they're special they're special um compressors you need to you know go from a master to vinyl you know and so it's just it's a weird deal dude it's not like uh it's not like uh you know you get a master then they put it on a cd and you're done you know it's, it's a different deal but this these ones actually sounded killer i was like wow that's cool i haven't heard vinyl since the 80s man you know when i got the freaking street ready and freaking rise or fall records you know are those kind of do you go back and listen to the old Leatherwolf often or do you just kind of know it i never listen to it you know i just i'm the kind of guy that um that i'll do something and i'll be hooked on it for a little while and then i'm done you know like world asylum i i, I really liked it you know and then i would i would a b it with the old stuff from the earlier Leatherwolf, and and i like the world asylum stuff better and then, and then I thought, okay, that's cool. Now I got this one, and I A B it with World Asylum. I go, this one's better. But eventually, I get burned on this one, dude. You know, it'll be on to the next. <laughs> I don't, I don't listen to the old stuff. I haven't for for years. I only listen to it when I have to learn a song. Like you know, I had to, you know, when I did Spirits, I had to figure out the tempos. I had to figure out the parts, and I had to, you know, redo it so I could record it. And the rise or fall, same thing. You know, I had to figure it out. Um, the classic songs I can I can bear. You know, going back and listening to them. You know, but that was part of the '80s, man. It, it was a whole different sound back then. It was reverby. It was thin. You know, at least with the people we dealt with. That's why, you know, Randy Burns. You know who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he that is. was it. Was trippy running into him during this thing because we were. We were having a bunch of other guys do a test mix, and then Randy did it, who did the first level record, mm-hmm. and um, and he was just way it was way cooler sound that he got, you know. And he's just getting back into business, and then and um, he's coming to the whiskey to do sound for us, you know. And uh, he's just the man when it comes to mixing. Randy Burns is super good at this stuff, you know. But he did all that thrash metal, you know, the Creator and Death and all that, all those people. So he he goes. You know, it's kind of cool to um, place to mix some metal that has melody to it. <laughs> All right, cool, dude. Well, and and that is what I love about Leatherwolf. I love the fact that there is melody. Like I, you know, because because 
love the heavy metal, but love the heavy metal with the melody through it. Yeah, there, there's some old school people that miss like the hideaways and the more, you know, share a dream stuff and um, the calling stuff, you know. But that was that was that was then, man. I'm I'm just not into that stuff anymore, you know. I'm 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 just into something a little bit more that'll punch you in the face, you know. But that's me. Yeah, but was that was that kind of like a symptom of the time too? Like having to release something like Hideaway. I mean, it's it's like when you talk about you talk about the Poison and the Motley Crew, and every time they did a ballad, then it uh, then it, you know that was the big hit. So was that kind of the '80s in a nutshell? No, um, someone would come up with an idea, we would work on it, and then um, we, everyone was always pretty fair about stuff we liked and didn't like, you know, because um, there's a lot of songs I just didn't like. But, you know, it, it was all of us, so I just did the best I could on it, you know? And um, it's just part of being de- de- of democracy about music, you know? It's, it's, it's everybody, and if everyone wants to do it, then it's going to get done. You know, so it's it's not so much about you know putting the brakes on someone's idea, you know, because sometimes uh, that's that's where Thunder came from, an idea. You know, Hideaway could have turned into that. It just did. It just didn't, in my opinion. You know, did the uh, did the record label have much input in your in your case during those first two albums? No, no, no. It was um, it was just you know it was island records trying to you know maximize on what the metallica stuff was doing so they were they were thinking they'd pick up another heavy metal band but the bummer is is they 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 tried to market you know the 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 simpler songs you know and so so i think that was didn't help us plus we never really got to go on any real tours and we didn't get much support about that stuff you know but they tried it just never caught on you know it's like it's like 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 uh, on the first record, you know. It's like once you get to like three hundred fifty thousand, you're gonna go gold. You know that. And if that would have happened, I think that would have changed everything. You know, for us, we would have a little bit more. Not have we might maybe not have to have a day job and play mm, music. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, I I it always I always wondered if uh. If we actually would have made it, and we actually would have had Leatherwolf as a, a forty-hour-week job, and we actually would have put in eight hours a day musically, you know, where we would have ended up, you know, because when you when you do it that way, you you just get really really good, you know, you get really really good, and then you start writing a lot of stuff that's, you know, you'll write thirty songs only take ten, you know, it's just it's it's hard, it's hard when you have to work. And then to write music like this, you know, this one took long because I have a day job, dude. I'm a roofer. And so you gotta you gotta find the guys, you gotta find the time to do it, you know. And Barry was easy. He's in he's in freaking Texas. You didn't set up a track, you know, two days later it's done, you know. And so it was super cool, you know. And plus he's such a creative guy, and he's he's got an own stamp on how he plays, you know. He's just like freaking a monster, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you the number of recordings I've heard Barry play on, and and every single one of them, it's just like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, because because you know it's Barry. Yeah, and he came up with that uh, that end line in "Enslave Me," Da-da-da-da. that whole that bass pipeline at the end. He came up with that, and uh, me and Robbie got it. He goes, "You can use it, you can not. Like, I don't care." We were called. That's like a whole song. That's just killer. <laughs> you know, so we noodled around with it to put it at the beginning, put it at the end, put some vocals to it, and it just ended up being an ending, you know, a fade out ending with a lead. We thought it was kind of interesting, you know. So then, you know, would you would you work with Barry for another album or would you or are you gonna work with Bryce? Is it Bryce? I'm not sure about, about that. We haven't started talking about that right right yet. You know, like right now, Barry's doing some other songs that I'm doing. Some other old classic ones because I'm 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 probably going to release a you know a, a record with a, a bunch of old cool shit on it old cool level stuff just recorded with with us these guys a little bit more uh, raw and heavy metal sounding you know so are these tracks like old like older tracks that were released or are they kind of um, stuff that didn't get released. No, it's like the calling, rise or fall, gypsies and thieves, spirits in the wind. It's all those songs just re-recorded. Yeah, just like thunder. Thunder was just re-recorded. Yeah, 
do you have any older songs that didn't didn't make the cut that uh, that are kind of kicking around and you think about or are they just kind of out well like the henchman the henchman was written in like 1983 uh it should have been on the first record but it never made the cut and i'm not, i'm still not sure why but it just didn't make the cut um lights out lights out was recorded um the drums were and uh, and the guitar stuff was recorded in 2001 um but we just never went back to it so i always liked it so i just went back to it and and um had uh robbie and barry and keith do their little magic to it and it turned out the way it did and i i just thought it it, it was cool what, what we did you know and it's stuff like that I, I have a few other songs that i'm just debating on releasing or not but nothing nothing back even like um um road rage road rage was a song called uh i forget what it was called but it was written back you know like 81 you know and it was a jeff riff and it never turned out to be a song so i just went back into it and um or no jeff jeff redid the parts and he added made it a little more aggro so then i, I just went and redid the drums and then keith rewrote the vocals and then it turned out to be more of a punky metally song you know which i thought was way better than it was back in the 80s there's some it, people out there kind of they've almost given up making albums they're just releasing every two three months they release a new single you know they kind of give up on the albums and well, uh, i appreciate them still working on making full albums well it's tricky man it just depends on, on the quality of the recording because to get a good drum sound you have to go into a studio that means you have to spend a day setting up and getting all your tones and how many songs are you going to record when you're spending a thousand bucks a day for a studio you know a legit one you know you know a lot of guys are just doing programming stuff doing stuff in their garage but the quality isn't the same you know how long does it take you to set up your drums for a live show or for a studio um both Oh, it takes me like an hour for a live show. For a studio, it's going to take like maybe you'll set them up in like an hour and a half, but then you're going to do all your tuning for the room. You're going to let it sit, and then you're going to um, get all your mics in place so you, you're not canceling out signals, make sure they're all in the right place. So that usually takes a day to get all the stuff toned, all the tones and all the, the, the tuning down, you know? Then you got to start playing. You know, and some songs... You know, like if it was a calling, you could do like five of those songs in a day. If it's like hit the dirt, you can only hit one of those a day. You get it dialed, you know. Mm -hmm. Or Medusa, it take, it's a little bit longer to play those those type of riffs and nail them, you know, on drums. Yeah, I think that when when we as you know not drummers tend to think about drumming, it, it's just like oh, you walk into the studio, the drum set's already ready, and you just and you just sit there and play. <laughs> Well, someone's still got to set them up. Someone's still got to tune them, and someone's still got to put all the mics in place, you know. And then they got you got to go through each one for tuning and for for mic placement. So it just takes a little bit of time. How long did it take you to kind of learn, you know, what was best for you in as far as tuning and placement? Um. I don't really deal with mic placement because it's I'm not it's not my job. You know, when I'm in that environment, I, I I get someone else to do that so I can just concentrate on playing, you know, and then I'll get somebody to help me with the tuning and then and then I'll just keep it in tune um some of the times, or sometimes I'll just tune them myself, you know. And that that takes a little bit of time with new heads because it's it, they're they're stretching, you know. And then you got the heat and the coldness. So it just takes a little time to get the right tone, you know, of a of a of a drum. When did you really figure out that you wanted to be a drummer? I got it when my uncle, when I was in, um, a kid, because he was playing drums in a band, and uh, I just thought that would be cool, you know. And then and then I, um, I, but I never could afford one, so I went to high school and I started playing water polo and swimming. But then I joined the marching band, and the jazz band, and the orchestra. So I learned how to, um, I got to start learning how to play music, you know. And then my senior year, I was able to get a drum set and start playing. And then um, I went to Golden West for like a half a season of water polo. And then I just decided I'm just going to play drums. 
And I was already playing with Carrie. Me and Carrie were playing with some other guy, a bass player. And that's just how it started, you know? Then we met Jeff and Jerome and just started playing. All old Judas Iron Maiden stuff, you know? Before before Bruce got in, you know? So we were playing the old stuff. Mm -hmm. What was the scene like, especially back then? It, we started just playing parties all the time, you know? And then, and then eventually we started writing stuff and then started playing clubs. And we would play some clubs out here. And then we would go to the Troubadour or the Roxy or the Whiskey and play, you know, in Hollywood. But it was fun. It was much more. But you got to remember, man, we were in our 20s. So it was a, it's a whole different scene co compared to how it is now, you know. I don't do that stuff anymore. So I don't know what it's like out there, you know. I don't know, what, you know, what's going on, you know. Yes, I can well imagine that at a certain point, uh, you know, that, that you could probably only do those things in your 20s. Well, you know, we were we were dedicated to making a record, getting signed, you know, trying to be trying to make a living off music, you know. But eventually, you know, that fades away and reality kicks in. Mm -hmm. Didn't make it. We're not Motley Crue. We're not Poison. You know? It's not like Hideaway though has, I think it's 1.2 million views on YouTube. I mean, there's interest in your music and what you did. I mean, you've left a legacy, right? So that's something. Well, yeah, it's something. It's definitely something, dude. And um, it just didn't lead to any financial success. But it's cool that um, people like the music and they're still supporting the band. That's that's very cool. Was it difficult to kind of reach that point where where you understood that that music wasn't going to be able to be a full time job? Well, not for me because I got kicked out of Leatherwolf, and so did Paul, and so I started rethinking it. You know, didn't we made three records, not much money, and I don't know if I really want to do keep trying. You know, because it's really hard to find good guys that are committed and that can play well. You know, they're not. They're not just sitting there on the corner, you know, and that are actually nice people, you know, so it's a, it's a little tricky to get into an environment where you have higher level players that are committed, you know, to the song, you know. So for me, it was easy. I was I was 28 and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm OK with not doing this anymore. You know, it just didn't pan out and uh, I'm going to work on other stuff. Now, were other people around you, like, you know, other members of the band, did they struggle more with it? No, I mean, Mike and Carrie and Jeff wanted to do something else with other with a different bass player drummer. It was pretty mm -hmm. simple. Yeah. You know? And so they did the thing, you know, and I was I was hoping that, that they would it would work because at, at that time I, I I still respected them as players, you know. But it just didn't pan out for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and now here we are, and you have uh, you have Leather Wolf, and <laughs> so so you're you're still rocking. So, gotta say that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm still 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 trying to keep the flame going, man. Still trying to keep get a good band that can play the songs right, and, um, and and have fun doing it. You know, for sure. Well, Dean, I know I've had a great time talking. And uh, we want you to be able to tell everybody how they can keep up with you, how they can keep up with Leatherwolf, where they can find the album, where they can get the vinyl, all that stuff. You can just go to Facebook and get all that information. There's links to um, where we're going to play. You can go to Bandcamp and just listen to stuff. And um, you can go to, uh, uh, what is it called? I should know this stuff, shouldn't I? <laughs> You're still getting used to the mouthpiece roll. Yeah, you can go to Big Cartel and get the vinyl. Awesome. And um, you can just listen to stuff on Facebook, uh, on YouTube, Leather Wolf. You know, we're, we're, we're in the top 10 in Bebo right now with the, the calling for the hideaway video, or no, with freaking Thunder video. You know, and what did we just post? We try to post every couple of days on Facebook and tell you what's going on. That's right. Well, and I read on Facebook too that you're going to re-release the first stuff for the 40th anniversary. 
yeah we're 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 we're, we're in the works of getting that done too for next year nice well that should that should be a lot of fun still uh, it'll be cool it's an uh it was it was a good record you know that we did it was a pretty good record absolutely i mean i've, I've listened to it a lot <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's a heavy metal record dude that's right and i do love a good heavy metal record so. yeah 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 Bean, thank you so much for being on the show. I know we appreciate it. Uh, I urge everybody to go out and listen to the new album. Um, you know, we're going to keep listening to Leather Wolf as long as you keep doing it. So uh, thank you so much. Well, cool. Hey, send me your email, dude. I'll send you. Um, what's your what? What's an old favorite song you have from Leather Wolf? Gosh, uh, you know, I mean, as much as it kind of would uh, drive you nuts, I do love Fight Away. <laughs> it doesn't drive me nuts, dude. Hey, it's a good. It's a good song. You know. For me, it's I the calling. That honestly, <laughs> I what? love the calling. Well, when when I finish that one, I'll send it to you. I, do you like gypsies or spirits? Oh, or spirits. Yeah. I love gypsies and spirits. Yeah. They're great too. Well, uh, send me your email. I'll send you some MP3 so you can listen to our version of it. Oh yeah, pretty yes. killer. Yes, that would be awesome for sure. No, no problem, buddy. Yeah, send them to me today, and I'll just send them to you, dude. I got them right here on my phone. Okay, awesome. They're pretty good. Hey, thanks for the interview, guys. Where are you? Thank located? you. Uh, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Canada, right on, dude. So yeah, we don't we don't get a chance to get down there to see you, but uh, <laughs> but we can sure listen. Well, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to come play in your town. You know, that would be awesome because I know we would we would definitely show up for that. Right on, buddy. Cool. All right, awesome. thanks a lot. Hey, thank you, man. Have a good day. You too. Thank you, sir. Ciao.